there's a growing population now, at least in the United States, of people that their only access to the internet is through their mobile phones. So 31% of Americans that access the web do it from only their mobile device. Coming to you in your speakers from Dubai to all around the globe. This is James Reynolds Traffic Jam Podcast. Five, four, three, two, one. Hello, listener. Welcome to Traffic Jam. And indeed, welcome back to Traffic Jam if you're a regular listener to the show. I'm James Reynolds, and you're listening into episode number 27. This, of course, is the podcast show that teaches you how to get more traffic, leads and sales from your website and ultimately build a profitable audience online. Now, if you've not got on your mobile marketing strategy in order yet, today's episode is one you're going to want to pay close attention to. Now, I'll not at this stage reel off a bunch of stats about mobile marketing. I'll save that for my guest later in the show. But what I will mention real, real quick at the top of the episode is a couple of experiences that really cemented the absolute importance of mobile in my mind recently. The first of which was an event I attended at Google here in Dubai, where the regional director of Google shared with us some stats about mobile usage on Google. And he told us that of all searches happening within Google, within the GCC region, more searches now happen from a mobile or tablet device than a desktop device. Now, for me as a search marketer, that was certainly interesting hearing and certainly reinforced just how important it is to make sure that you've got a mobile ready website. The second experience was the building of the Veravo.com mobile website late in 2013. And since showing a special mobile site to mobile visitors as opposed to our general uh, desktop site, we've experienced a 107% increase in conversions for our website analysis report, which is just quite phenomenal. Certainly exceeded my expectations of the results of going mobile. Um, And again, it just reinforces the fact that Everyone is online on their mobile now. And if you're not making that experience friendly for them, you really are doing yourself a disservice and probably shunning people away that otherwise would you know, enjoy visiting your site, enjoy your content just because you're not making it easy for them to access your site from the devices they're using. Now, mobile marketing is well and truly on my radar, and I've posted about it extensively, both in relation to SEO and to AdWords. So if you want some deeper learning on this topic, you might want to head over to veravo.com to check out those videos. Just enter mobile into the search bar on veravo.com and you'll find all of those posts. So let's introduce today's guest. His name is Greg Hickman. And I first heard him interviewed on a couple of our past guest podcasts, Pat Flynn's Smart Passive Income and Amy Porterfield's Online Marketing Made Easy podcast, which on a side note, you should absolutely check out because both are great shows. The Traffic Jam Podcast with James Reynolds. 
Greg's a dude that's out there literally leading this whole mobile marketing revolution. He's got a lot of experience to back himself up to. He, he's been a marketer since college. He's worked for a bunch of agencies representing brands such as Pepsi and Unilever. And he's executed mobile programs for brands like the New York Jets, the Florida Marlins and AT&T. And currently he works with Cabela's helping them with their mobile marketing strategy. Now, as I know you guys like to get to know the guests up close and personal, you might be interested to know that Greg likes mountain biking, road biking, gymnastics and CrossFit. And apparently he does a very mean handstand too. (laughs) So our gymnastic mobile marketer, Greg Hickman from mobilemix.com is coming right up now, followed by all of the regular bits that you know and love, the one minute traffic tip, this week's news in traffic. And then, of course, the reason this podcast is called Traffic Jam, we have the musical jam to end the show. So let's get started. Here's Greg Hickman for a chat about all things mobile marketing. This is episode 27 of Traffic Jam and joining me today is Greg Hickman from Mobile Mixed. Greg, welcome to Traffic Jam. Thank you for having me. I appreciate it. Sweet. Well, we're recording this on January the 2nd, 2014. So I guess I should first of all wish you a very happy new year. You too. Happy New Year. (laughs) Happy New Year. Now, you've carved out a pretty strong reputation in the area of mobile marketing. In fact, when I was really considering who to invite on the show to talk about the very important topic of mobile, there's only one name that kept popping up, and that was, of course, yours. But for those who are unfamiliar with Greg Hickman, give us the quick Cliff Notes version of kind of who you are and what your business is. Sure. So I got started in mobile in 2005 and I worked for a foreign agency that represented um, some brands and professional sports teams here in the United States. Um, So, you know, this is before the iPhone and everything. So this was text message marketing heavily based in that. Um, And and since I've worked with small businesses and big brands, most recently uh, a large retailer called Cabela's. Uh, which focuses on the hunting, fishing, and camping space. I was leading their mobile strategy. And as of recent, I left there and um, am taking my my business, which is uh, primarily powered through the blog and podcast of Mobile Mixed, which is at mobilemix.com, like you mentioned, um, is really focused on training businesses and even agencies on, on how to implement mobile marketing in their business or their clients' business. And, you know that covers everything from mobile websites to apps to text messaging. You know all the different aspects of mobile. Um, so it's very much a a training platform um, that you know businesses can uh, you know rely on to help them kind of implement campaigns that will work using mobile. Cool. So you got started in this really way back in the day, right? When there was just kind of like SMS and those clunky old Nokia phones. How have, yeah. things, how have yeah. things changed from then to now? I'm sure the, the development of mobile is probably, uh, well, it is massive, right? Oh, yeah. I mean, it was definitely interesting back then. I mean, it, like you said, it was it was very much based in text messaging, you know, ringtones, um, wallpapers, you know, and people wanted to have like cool backgrounds on their phone. Um, you know, very, very kind of basic. Um, and yeah, I mean, it's come a long way with smartphone applications and, you know, augmented reality and all that stuff. But I think a lot of the basics, you know, are actually still being missed. 
uh, by most businesses and you know the the foundational elements like text messaging, email, and you know mobile websites and things like that sometimes go you know overlooked because of the new shiny objects of you know applications and you know yeah. mobile video and all these other things. So uh, I think it's I think it's just become it's interesting because you know it started off as like a like a marketing tool like email, but now mobile really is just a part of every every aspect of marketing, whether it's search, whether it's you know banner banner advertising, um, email, SEO, you know all that stuff. Like there's a mobile component to all of it, so yeah. it's really just sort of this this constant theme now through anything that we do as marketers. Yeah. Well, I see 2013 was a big year for mobile, right? I think it was one of those years that really brought mobile to the top of people's attention. And I guess this coming year, 2014, it's probably going to be even bigger again. So I guess to kind of set the whole scene for what we're about to talk about, for those of our listeners who are kind of setting their New Year's resolutions and deciding on priorities for the next sort of 12 months ahead, how important is it that they put mobile marketing at the top of their priority list? Uh, it's very important. Um, I just think that, you know, f- no matter, you know, which, what type, what type of business you have, um, you know, the, your audience, your, your potential customers, your existing customers, they are all using their smartphone or, you know, mobile phone in some way, shape or form that is going to give you an opportunity to connect with them. And, you know, you don't really have a say anymore as to how, when, where, and on what device, you know your customer uses to to connect with you or read your email or to you know you know look at your website or or anything so you know it's it's more of just your audience is already there so you got like as a business owner you you need to catch up and and be a part of it yeah well i liked um the recent comment by eric schmidt in his kind of 20 i think he did like 2014 predictions and he was talking about the year that had passed and of course the forthcoming year as well. And he said 2013 was all about kind of mobile was winning. 2014 is all about mobile has has won. So you really kind of set the scene for what this has become. What I'd like you to do is is sort of, you know, expand on that and share with me some of the statistics that would be most surprising about mobile as it is now, because I've seen your website and there's some pretty unfathomable uh, numbers in terms of mobile usage. What are some of the most impressive ones? Yeah, well, I mean, so I'm actually... Uh, I'm, I'm presenting at New Media Expo uh, this Saturday, so in two days, um, and I've been kind of diving into some more statistics around mobile content because my top my topic is how to create a mobile content strategy. So I was kind of looking primarily at how people are consuming content, you know, through social channels. Um, so there's some staggering, staggering numbers, like 88 percent of all. Uh, photos uploaded to Facebook are coming from a mobile phone. Wow. Um, uh, I'm actually going to pull up my my slides here for you because there's some uh, there's some really really good good stats. But I mean, like almost 70 percent of all Facebook usage is happening from a mobile phone. So you know if you're using social media in any way, shape, or form, the or Facebook rather, the odds of your customer actually seeing that message on Facebook. Are, are extremely high that it's going to be on a mobile device. So yeah. um, that's you know a no-brainer then that you need to be thinking about your customer. Um, yeah, to rattle off a few more, I mean, by 2015, more people will 
uh, be accessing the internet through their mobile phone compared to, uh, or more people will be accessing the internet through their mobile phone compared to a you know a personal computer. Forty-eight um, percent of all email is open from a mobile phone. Um, wow. This is this is an interesting one. Sixty sixty-one percent of all people that followed a group or liked a page uh, that was created on on. Uh, Facebook, like buy a brand, came from a mobile device. So, you know, that engagement of someone initially saying, I like this, um, is happening on mobile. 65% of all watched video clips on Facebook are from mobile. Um, 90, 90% of all shared links to blogs on Twitter came from mobile, a mobile phone. So, like, if you're, yeah. you know, looking for Twitter as a distribution channel, more people are almost, almost 100% of people are actually sharing your tweet. On a, from a mobile phone, so uh, you know that's super important. And I think um, some other things that I thought were interesting were that eighty-six uh, percent of smartphone owners use their mobile phone while watching TV. So kind of um, de kind of debunking the myth of mobile users are on the go. Yeah, um, they're, they're very much not on the go. Uh, and then of that eighty-six percent, forty-one percent do it every day. And then there's a growing population now, at least in the United States, of people that their only access to the internet is through their mobile phones. So 31% of Americans that access the web do it from only their mobile device. So wow. you know, that's a growing number of people that, you know, if you're know, any sort of business, I mean, that's, that's a number that you can't really ignore. No. no, certainly not. I mean, these numbers stagger me. I was, um, I was meeting up with the the UAE Google team two or three weeks back. And, and they also shared some interesting stats around um, search traffic on mobile mm. devices. And I know oh, yeah. the purported number, I think, is kind of worldwide that 2015 mobile search traffic would exceed desktop. Um, however, where I am here in the UAE, that has already happened. I think 52 or 53% now of all searches happening on Google are happening on a mobile device in this region, which just, you know, it beggars belief. I mean, it's just ex astonishing numbers. Yeah, totally. I mean, a lot, even when it comes to like the local aspect of that, you know, a lot of I think it's like one in three searches or maybe more than that now has local mobile searches has a local intent. Yeah. So they're looking for something in and around, um, you know, their, their current location. So if you are a business that has brick and mortar, you know, physical location and people are using search to find you, mobile is one of the ways now that, you know, is going to be kind of the way to have people find you. Yeah. And then I, I believe that for those types of searches, conversion, uh, percentages are, are typically much, much higher, right? Because people have often already made the decision that they want that thing or need to visit that place. Um, right, they right. just need to access it faster. Exactly. Cool. Well, I, I guess we have set the scene now, Greg, that mobile is pretty important. <laughs> um, what are some of the biggest considerations that our listeners should be making before they get started, if indeed they haven't already got started with mobile? Yeah, I mean, you want to first make sure that you know, your audience, your customers are, you know, using their mobile phone to potentially connect with you. And, you know, I would say probably nine times out of 10, the odds are that they are. Um, but, you know, look at, look at your traffic, look at, you know, where your traffic is coming from. Is it coming from, you know, Facebook's mobile site? Is it coming, uh, you know, how much, what percentage of it is coming from a mobile phone? You know, I've seen, you know, kind of on average, twenty-five percent for most people of you know all of our, all of their incoming traffic is coming from mobile phone, and 
Um, you know, how much of your email is open from a mobile phone? You know, depending on which you know email provider you use, you know, you should get the, you, be, you should be able to get some of that information. So, you know, just kind of assess your current situation. How many of the people that are currently connecting with you are on a mobile phone? Because uh, those are people that you might be potentially neglecting. And I know a lot of people, you know, are always trying to grow their audience, grow the number of customers. But if you have just for the sake of easy numbers, a thousand people on your like an email list, and fifty percent of them are opening it on their mobile phone, and your email is not mobile optimized, and you're focused on getting that one thousand to two thousand. Well, what's the point if you know you're neglecting five hundred of them already? Like you're going to be yeah. neglecting. You're going. You're probably going to be neglecting a, a thousand of them once you get to two thousand. So like, you know, start taking care of the people that are already have already shown interest in you. Um, by you know mobilizing the aspects of your business that people already connect with, so um, I would say do that first, and then you know no brainer is to make sure your website's mobile optimized, uh, just because of all the different ways that people can get to your site from a mobile phone. Um, but then I would say after that is really before you go into some of the other tactics like SMS or you know uh, email and things like that. I would really focus on how how does mobile play a part into your strategy, like your goals? Like if, are you trying to sell more products? Are you selling information? Are you, you know, a content marketer that, you know, is really just, you know, getting, making money off of advertising and things like that? Like where does mobile fall into your, your own business? And, uh, you know, from there, align yourself with the other tactics that, that might make the most sense because text message marketing might not make sense for you um, whereas, you know, maybe, you know, a smartphone application might make sense for you. So, uh, you know, depending on where you spend your money and time outside of having your, your website be mobile friendly, uh, is something that you'll only, you'll be able to know, uh, by looking at your own business and, and what your existing customers currently are trying to accomplish. Yeah, cool. Well, I guess let's start with the kind of the, the broad brushstroke concept of being mobile friendly because I guess regardless of what business you're in making sure that your site assuming you have one which of course mm -hmm. all businesses should should be mobile friendly where do they start with that I mean what does mobile friendly actually mean yeah so the way I guess I would define it is that anything your customer or potential customer can do uh, with your business they should be able to do from a mobile phone E like easily, not like painstakingly having to pinch and zoom. So like if, if you are a commerce, you know, business and, you know, people can add products to a shopping cart and check out, they should be able to do that from a mobile phone in a very mobile optimized, mobile friendly way. Um, if, uh, you know, if you're a blogger or a news source, you know, I should be able to read any single article that you write from your mobile website. Uh, you know, and again, not in a way where, you know, someone has to pinch and zoom to even find, you know, or click accurately on the links It should be presented in a way that is, uh, you know, is, is friendly, I guess, you know, for, for a mobile device. So someone can navigate around and, and accomplish the tasks that they would have been able to accomplish if they were on your, on your full desktop site. So, uh, I would essentially say that that's what it means to be mobile friendly. Yeah. And I guess, you know, as basic as it might sound, I'm sure there are people out there that possibly haven't done this is just, I guess, go and try and access your own site from your own mobile device and see what the experience is like. Um, yeah, often, right? I mean, it's often overlooked, you know, you and I have 
sure visited sites where we're, we're trying to expand the screen out and shut it down and then we can't click on a link it just gets so frustrating that we give up in the end right and uh, if we do that we've lost a customer for sure exactly so there's always this big debate greg about um mobile friendly site versus um you know a standalone mobile site what what's your recommendation do we go for you know responsive design or do we go for two sites one for desktop one for mobile i, I really think it depends on your business um at this point i, I will say that i think responsive using something like responsive design is the direction of the direction you want to be going for the future. Um, but that doesn't necessarily mean that you can do it today uh, based on, on your circumstances. I know everyone has different circumstances. I mean, if you just rebuilt your website and you didn't build it responsive, the odds of you trying to build a responsive site right now are probably low, um, which might then make you want to create some sort of separate mobile optimized experience that you can drive people to when they're on their phone. Um, but yeah, I think responsive is kind of the, if you can, responsive is the right direction right now. Um, mm. And I guess my, so I guess my caveat to that is that, you know, it also depends on the type of business you have. So, you know, I see opportunities for businesses that have a local presence. So like a brick and mortar establishment, I see opportunities for them to have a separate mobile site. Um, for a lot of reasons, especially like in retail space, uh, knowing knowing that, as you mentioned earlier, when people are searching from their mobile phone, they've sort of already made up their mind. Like if, if I'm doing a search for pizza, you know, the odds of me wanting to get pizza are pretty high that like the intent of the searcher is is, is a lot different than someone who's just browsing. Um, so you can, when you create a separate site, you can actually create a separate site that really caters to what that searcher is looking for. And again, when you're, when you're thinking of a local brick and mortar establishment, people are looking for the phone number, they're looking for the hours, they're looking for the address, maps and directions. So you can, you can guide people through that experience. Uh, I think much easier right now by having a separate site, um, than you can using responsive. Um, so, you know, if you are brick and mortar, I think, you know, you don't have to go responsive. You do have opportunities to create a separate site. Um, also, cost is a, is a big thing, um, you know, and, and resources. I mean, not everyone, at least that I know, are capable of developing responsive sites. Um, you can purchase like responsive WordPress themes, you know, if you're a blogger or something like that. But if you're a if you're an established business, you're probably not going to be buying a theme you know, online or anything like that, that mm -hmm. you're going to want something customized to you. So uh, if you don't know a developer that can do it, you know, that's going to be an obstacle for you. Um, responsive usually takes a little bit more time from a development perspective because of, because of testing. You know, you got to test it on all these different devices as well. Um, so it's really your situation, your, you know, your budget, um, your current circumstances, you know, have you, uh, have you just invested in a, a site redesign? So um, if you can, if I can kind of, kind of sum that up into what types of businesses should be looking at, at, at which solution, I think if you're a, a content-based business, you know, a news site, you know, like New York Times, Boston Globe, a blogger, podcaster, um, you know, social media marketer type person, responsive is probably the route you want to go. Um, if you're, you know, like a, a um, 
a retailer or someone that has like a local local aspect, I think a separate mobile site can still benefit you right now um, in the short term. But again, like I said, I do think the future solution lies in in, in and around responsive. Yeah, well, there has been a lot of talk about this, and the the scale seemed to tip from one side to the other. I mean, even as far as Google go, they've always spoken about you know having the benefit of uh, a separate mobile site, but they even seem to be saying now that really sort of future and ongoing that um, responsive is is probably better. But I guess the argument's still open, right? I mean, I think even from a search perspective, um, there is an advantage for you know, a mobile only site, because you could potentially optimize for those more locally inclined searches that might be things like get pizza or where can I find pizza, etc. Mm-hmm. you know, which has yeah, its yeah. benefits. So yeah, cool. Well, I guess it is, you know, evaluate your own situation, decide what's the right fit for you. Um, any particular design considerations, Greg, that we should be um, thinking about other than whether we go down the, the uh, responsive or mobile only route? Yeah, I would say that um, you know your main call to actions should you know leverage probably buttons versus text links, um, and sort of the the minimum size for those buttons uh, you know usually is about forty four by forty four pixels um, is kind of the the best practice for a touchable you know touchable area. Um, so you know when you're designing your site for mobile, I think it's important to understand that you're really designing for touch. Um, you know, we're not using a very small mouse pointer anymore. We're using our fingers and people's fingers are different sizes. So, you know, <laughs> people, people typically use their, their pointer finger or their thumb. Um, you know, so those are, you know, obviously certain sizes. So you want to make sure that those clickable, tappable areas, um, are easily able to be, uh, you know, found and also tapped without maybe misclicking or you know t- touching something else that will take them off into another experience. So designing for touch I think is important. Um, if you are again that local aspect, I would make sure that your click to call phone number is very easily accessible. Um, maps and directions is very easily accessible and your hours um, are, are very easily accessible. Hope, ideally all above the fold. Um, which obviously is much smaller. You have a lot smaller real estate, you know, in mobile. So uh, those are kind of the the things that jump out. Got it. Cool. Well, there's some definite action steps that our listeners can certainly be going to check in on their own site to make sure that they're mobile compliant and mobile ready. Let's let's move the conversation on a little bit from there and perhaps talk about some of the sort of tactical marketing stuff. First thing I want to talk to you about is email marketing. And mm-hmm. I think you mentioned at the um, top of the show that something like 47% of emails are accessed now from mobile devices. How do we need to think differently about email marketing for someone viewing your email on a mobile device? Yeah. So before you even get to things like responsive email, I think it's important to know that um, when it comes to email, you know your subject lines are even more important because uh, depending on the phone screen, you know, you, your email subject line will, will be anywhere from five to seven words, typically around 60 characters before it gets truncated and, you know, runs off the screen. So if, uh, you know, if you're the type that writes super long subject lines, um, it makes sure that those first five to seven words are, 
enticing enough to get someone to even open it. Because like we said earlier, I mean, almost 50% of all emails are now open from a mobile phone. So uh, that's the only thing that you can kind of work with there is, you know, is copywriting, understanding your customer. Do they like sort of a mysterious headline? Um, you know, is there sort of something like intriguing or do they like, you know, sort of actionable, actionable uh, call to actions like, you know, you know, save save ten dollars now. Like, is that something that is going to get them to open it? Um, you know, more quickly. So, subject line is important. Um, another one is uh, you know, time of day. You know, that's I mean, that's really relevant no matter whether it's on mobile or not. But I think it's even more relevant now. Um, you know, monitor monitor your open rates um, and see. You know, are are more emails being opened at different times in the afternoon because. Uh, if you if you're always sending in the morning, and I'm not sure if you're like this, but I know a lot of people are. Uh, the first thing we do in the morning is pick up our phone and look at our email. So uh, <laughs> I think it's interesting that our our mobile device has actually become like a filter for which emails we're actually going to read. And you know, I can tell you that I I delete many emails before I even get out of bed just to like lighten the load for when I actually sit down at my desk to start working. So, um, you know, if, if that, if that's one of your emails, if you're sending emails in the morning, like maybe that's just why people aren't opening it is because they're just deleting it sort of in that morning ritual of, you know, stress, like lowering their stress by decluttering their inbox. So I would, I would say test, test the time of delivery. Um, and, uh, the last thing that before you go into like responsive is, um, is really the, 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 the name of the sender. So, uh, you'll notice on most mobile devices, um, the, the name of the, the sender of the email is in larger font. It's usually in bold, um, especially on the iPhone that like the eye is drawn to that before the subject line. So, um, if you, you know, you send emails from, you know, and it gets displayed in people's inboxes as like news at your domain. Um, that might not be as enticing than you know maybe the name of your site or maybe your own personal name. Like my emails all come from like even on my newsletter, it's like the emails from Greg Hickman. You know, it's not from news at mobilemixed.com. dot yeah. um, So you know, if depending on what that send address is, and you know, make sure that it's displaying the way you want it to. Uh, within the inbox because that's what people are going to see even before the subject line. Yeah, got it. Or worse still, kind of no reply at or something devilish like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That I exactly. see come through like, do, do you really just want to give them a passport not to open your email? Exactly. <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, so that's just to get people to open it. I mean, then once it's open, um, you know, it's kind of the same things apply as to your website. I mean, if you have a call to actions, you want them to be, you know, buttons, big, you know, nice, nice, large font, um, you know, that should adjust based on your device. So responsive email templates are something that are really great when it comes to email um, that, you know, most people can get for free, if not buy for very inexpensively, um, if their email service provider doesn't offer that. So I think, um, you know, uh, if you have a long, if you like to send long emails, you know, using like bullets and lists and subheaders um, that will help make your email a little bit more scannable, yeah. uh, will make it easier for people to read it versus kind of just one big massive block of text. Um, and then I would test it on your own device and also see like if you're using multiple text links because it's more of like a secondary call to action. When it's 
Optum, when it's on the mobile phone, like are any of those text links, you know, crowded? Are they like next to each other? Um, that maybe trying to tap one would be would be sort of difficult because, you know, th- there's two links next to each other. So uh, I would look into that as well. Got it. Got it. Cool. Well, um, I guess I want to move forward a little bit from there now. Talk about um, text messaging because that's one of the other great uh, communication um, devices, I guess, that would be extremely relevant for a mobile. <laughs> so yeah. I want to ask you about um, some of the things that I've seen. I've, I've recently witnessed some some kind of great integrations of text or SMS in marketing sequencing, such as um, SMS used in conjunction with email to remind me about a webinar. What, what would you yeah. say the best applications of text messaging um, that perhaps our listener could go and check out for themselves? Yeah, I mean, I think um, again, it kind of de- de- depends on your business. Um, for local businesses, it's a really good remarketing tool to bring people back to your establishment, you know, with offers and things like that. Um, but like from a service perspective, it's also really good as a reminder tool. Um, you know, like you said, like in the webinars or for for an appointment, um, it's you have to you have to understand the immediacy of text messaging. So if you if you are using text message marketing, your recipient, your the people on your list will receive your message with uh you know almost instantaneously, but once it hits their phone, 90% of people will will read that message within 4 minutes. So um you know, you can't be promoting something that happens a week from the day that you send the text message. So, you know, the the content and the call to actions should be very timely, uh time sensitive. So, you know, if you're promoting a webinar and, you know, you have a few extra seats, you know, and you have a database, you know, you can go out and be like, "Hey, we have, you know, 20 extra spots left in this webinar. You know, click this link and be sure to sign up." Hopefully that link takes them or that link should take them to a mobile optimized landing page. Um so, you know, not sending a text message saying, hey, I have this webinar next week at thir- on Thursday at 2 o'clock. Click here to sign up because that's not leveraging really the immediacy of it. Or, I mean, you could flip the context of that and say, hey, I'm sending out this announcement to my, my SMS database first. You know, I haven't even promoted this anywhere else. As a mobile subscriber, you get first dibs on you know, the first 10 seats or whatever in this webinar. So you can use it as sort of like an exclusivity thing as well. So um, I would think about, you know, if you're using it, focus on time-sensitive messaging, um, sort of service-oriented messaging, like something that will remind someone to do something or be somewhere or, you know, spend, you know, come and, you know, use an offer or a coupon. Uh, SMS works really, really well. Um, and then also think about ways to make that message exclusive because if you're just repurposing the content that's in your email, um, you're not really doing anyone, you know, giving anyone anyone value because, you know, they could have gotten that through your email. So you want to make sure that the messaging and the things that you're discussing through that channel are different than what you're talking about in, in email. Cool, got it. And I've seen you, or should I say, heard you talk about um, using text messaging really nicely at, at live events, perhaps to capture yeah. data or as, as opt-ins. Um, tell us about how we might do that and some of the applications for it. Yeah, so depending on which, you know, there's so many, just like email providers, there's a lot of SMS providers out there. So some of them actually offer uh, the option for you to text your email address in to be opted into an email newsletter, which is awesome. Um, I know like I think MailChimp and Constant Contact um, offer that. So 
if you're speaking at an event or you know in some sort of live atmosphere, you can be like, "Hey, text join to one two three four five, um, and then reply with your email, and you'll be put on my email newsletter." So it's a quick way for people in the moment that are interested to opt into your list. Um, you could also, you know, combine that with a link that drives them to a landing page to get maybe like a free PDF of some sort or something. Um, so, for example, I'm speaking, like I said, at New Media Expo in two days, and at the end of my presentation. I'm going to allow people to text in to opt. So it's when you text in, they'll um, be opted into receiving uh, a mobile marketing tip via text message once a month. And then they also will have a link that will take them to a landing page where they can enter their email address to receive the PDF of the slides that I just took them through in that presentation. So at the end of the presentation, I'm going to say, hey, if you'd like to receive one mobile marketing tip and get these slides, you know, to kind of look through some of the statistics and the things we talked about today, you know, just text, you know, live to 585-858 to, um, you know, to sign up and get that PDF delivered right to your email inbox. So, um, that'll put people on my list. It'll get people into my mobile list. It'll also, you know, be a way that if, you know, they're right there and they're like, Oh, I want this, that they can do it right then and there and then have the, the PDF slide sent to them via email um, and they don't have to worry about like forgetting. And, you know, there's so many times I write things down at conferences where I'm like, oh, don't forget to get this PDF or whatever, or email this or email this person. <laughs> you never you know, do after it right. the show. Yeah, you never do it. <laughs> so, you know, just someone right there, if they really want to, they can text in and they can get it. So, yeah. um, I, you know, those are a couple ways, you know, you can give away things. I know I've, I, I've seen authors or I've talked to authors. I haven't seen them do it yet, but I'd like to see them do it. You know, if, if there, if there, if there's an author speaking and they maybe have a best-selling book and, um, you know, using text would be a great way to give away the first chapter, you know, like, Hey, do you want to see a sample of the book? You know, if you're, if you're on the fence about buying it, you know, text in and, you know, you'll receive the first chapter, uh, via email or, you, you know, it could even be, you know, you know, a mobile optimized, you know, version of the, of the chapter, uh, that they can look into right then and there, you know, so yeah. uh, di- different ways. I think you've got to be creative with, uh, you know, how your particular business will use it or can use it. Um, but again, focusing on that time sensitivity, the exclusivity, that immediacy, um, you know, as long as you're delivering content that is valuable um, or providing, you know, a solution that is making your audience's lives easier in some way, shape or form, you should be you should be pretty uh, well off. Yeah, sweet. Well, I've I've tested the, I guess like the 1.0 version of this. I when I've spoken at live events before and actually just given a mobile number for people to text to to yep. uh, receive something. And the you know the the number of people texting. I think we were looking at like 75% plus of the audience um, were actually um, SMSing to receive that oh, yeah. giveaway. I mean, it like ki- killer numbers. And if you just give them the opportunity, like you said, of, you know, um, subscribing later by visiting this website, the, the chances of them actually doing it are far, far less. So I can certainly vouch for that being effective, but, um, I don't suggest if you can get, <laughs> get away with it, actually just sending it to a normal number because you'll be wading through, um, you'll be wading through data all night as I was not the most effective <laughs> way. Cool. Well, yeah. And, and I think, um, one last thing there is like, you know, it's still, it's still fairly new to a lot of people, even though SMS has been around for a while. Uh, you know, there's just the intrigue of being at a live and a live event and being like, Hey, text this to this to, you know, get, get whatever it's most people probably still haven't seen it, that it's new that they're going to just try it to experience it. Um, so, you know, you have that going for you as well. Yeah. 
Yeah, absolutely. Cool. Well, I'd like just to flip the coin for a second before we get sure. close to, to wrapping up. How can us marketers and content creators use mobile devices available to us to kind of better connect with our audience? Oh, man. I mean, you know, I mean most of it's going to be through social, I would say. Um, you know, just because of how, like we talked about earlier, the number of people that are, you know, liking and sharing and all that stuff from mobile that, you know, it gives you the opportunity to connect with your audience through your social platforms when you're on the go. So, I mean, yeah. Gary, Vayner, Gary Vaynerchuk, if you're familiar with him, is a you know, great example of this. I mean, every time he says he's like in a car, in a cab, he's, you know, tweeting at people, you know, d- direct messaging people like that have responded, that have reached out to him. You know, it just allows you to, I guess, be productive in those kind of moments between, you know, meetings and things like that, where you can use your device, you know, to just interact with your audience, um, you know, assuming that they're there, which most, for most of us, they are. Um, and also it's, it's a way for us to create content, um, you know, quick video that you can then share on Facebook or, you know, you just walk out of a meeting and something kind of hit you that you wanted to share with your audience. You know, you can record a quick video, you could take a picture and, you know, drive them to an article that you just read on Twitter, you know, just the same ways that we expect people to share our own content. You know, we could be sharing content that we find interesting with, with our audience. Yeah. Well, Gary V, he's a, he's a classic example, right? I remember seeing yeah. several of his videos, like he's like looking half dead, like after about two hours of sleep in the last 24 hours, scrumpled <laughs> up in the corner of a plane or something like, you know, right, right. on a flight. Um, and you think what, you know, really he wants to share this sort of stuff, but it gets a huge amount of kind of interactivity and, and genuineness that I think is, is super effective, right? When you're just kind of sharing stuff as it happens. Absolutely. Cool. Well, let's uh, let's wrap things up or get close to. I'd like to, I think, answer you one more question if you're sure. up to the challenge on this For one. For sure. <laughs> you have a you have a, a regular um, sort of segment or or show episode that you do on mobile mix called "How Can X Use Mobile" or "How Can Blank yeah. Use Mobile," um, and of course you give various examples how different businesses can can tap into it. I knowing that you were, were coming on the show, pose this to the TJ audience. And we had a few different businesses reply. Um, I've picked one. So if you're up for the challenge, how, yeah, can, how, can, a, um, how can our listener who has a shop online retailing flight bags, how can they use mobile marketing? Like luggage? Yeah, they like these cool little leather uh, luggage bags. Um, they, they, you know, kind of design a style that are, I guess, designed for sort of short-term sort of travel. But he retails these um, just online. He hasn't got a physical store. Um, okay. um, he's got a website promoting it. So there you go. Floor's yours. Yeah. So outside of outside of just um, you know making sure that people can buy that the, that sort of luggage or you know the products from the mobile site. Uh, I think some interesting ways would be to, and this is where I think mobile can get interesting, is uh, it has to be integrated with the other things you're doing, right? So, I mean, what if this person with every bag that was sold, uh, a free sort of like luggage tag or what have you was, um, you know, was provided for free that had some sort of interesting call to action. So it provided a service to the person who just bought the luggage, you know, put my name, my contact information on there, you know, so if it gets lost or stolen, whatever, you know, that information is there. But, you know, when someone's like, oh, I really like that bag, where did you get it? 
someone could really just look at their tag. Maybe there's a QR code on there. Or there's a call to action where it can take them right to a mobile optimized landing page with that particular of that particular product or something like that. So like nice. you know you know like if I'm sitting in the airport and I I've been guilty of this, which is kind of why I'm I am coming up with this idea. <laughs> is like I see someone has a really cool bag. And I'm like, oh, where'd you get this? And like, oh, I don't know. Like, I've had this for like a little while now, or like, I got it as a gift. I'm not sure. Um, and you know, like, it's in my mind the bag that I want. You know, like, I've been looking for this bag. Like, where, where, where do people buy this bag? That like, if I were just to be able to say, oh, look, like, here's this tag. This is where I got it. You know, scan it, and boom, I could buy it right then and there. I think that would be interesting. Um, I think, uh, you know, maybe some sort of. Um, mobile optimized uh tips for um maybe like how to pack your bag um it could be something that existing subscribers uh existing customers use that maybe can drive them back to the site for new and new and new products that are coming out or even just as a service for um potential people that like if maybe they ha- maybe this person has a blog where they talk about travel yeah. um just more in more general sense maybe they're you know, you can receive text message tips on how to pack certain items um, into that bag or just in any bag and maybe just like travel tips yeah. um, and things like that where I think, you know, you could be using mobile as a distribution channel for content that you're creating um, that will maybe help others. Um, and then really just kind of that awareness of taking the offline experiences where where will customers interact with this product offline you know again while they're traveling in the airport or whatever that you can attach to the product in some way that will help drive more people to the site you know does that make sense absolutely for putting you on the spot um at such short notice and we didn't discuss this right before the show um i love that that's an absolutely great idea I and mean, it just brings that it brings that real life um element to where you're actually integrating and interacting with the product um into the mobile experience so i could see how that would be um very very effective so um greg well done for that really yeah. put you on the spot there <laughs> Cool. Well, um, we are at the start of 2014. Let's just end with Greg Hickman's predictions for 2014 in mobile. What's what's next in mobile marketing? Oh, next. Um, I think this year you're going to see a lot of businesses actually going from just doing mobile from a tactical perspective to actually incorporating it into their strategy. So, um, you know, like thinking about it, more, just from a more strategic perspective. So you're going to see it integrated with other aspects of marketing that are driving towards a specific goal. Like they're, they're going to use mobile to try to sell more goods or to, you know, um, you know, drive more foot traffic or things like that versus just like, Oh, I'm trying this text message marketing program. Um, so I think the, the way in which it's mobile is used is going to start making its way into, um, the ongoing strategies that that businesses use. Awesome. Greg, well, that's great. I guess um, just to once again share with our listener how they can reach out to you, mobilemix.com. Is there any other websites or social media profiles you'd like to mention at this point? Uh, Sure. Yes, outside of mobilemix.com, you can find me on Twitter at GJ Hickman. That's H-I-C-K-M-A-N. And if you want to email me, I'm Greg at mobilemixed.com 
Great. Well, listener, if you've not got a mobile device to hand right now to tap that information into, those uh, links will be in the show notes of episode 27 of Traffic Jam. So you can head on over to the episodes page to get those. Greg, thank you once again for coming on Traffic Jam. James, thank you so much. I really appreciate it. This week's news in traffic. Okay, so the stories this week extend a little beyond the last seven days as we're kind of catching up a bit from the Christmas and New Year period. The first story I've got relates to YouTube and they're saying that everyone who has a verified account that's in good standing will now be able to stream live video directly from their YouTube account. This is done using Google Hangouts on Air, which can now be accessed directly from the YouTube Live Events Manager within your YouTube account. Twitter have launched a promoted accounts option to help users discover businesses and people of interest and to help advertisers build a highly engaged audience of Twitter followers. Well, that's the official statement. The way it works is as an advertiser, you can have your handle shown in the homepage feed. And if someone is following a business or a person on a similar topic of interest to your own, beneath their tweet, your handle will be shown as a promoted account, accounts they perhaps should follow. So it works on kind of interest or topic-based targeting and perhaps is a way to build a targeted following of people that you know are already interested in your topic of field. The last story in a very social media orientated this week's news in traffic comes from Facebook and they have now rolled out across all iOS devices autoplay videos, which means when you scroll down your timeline, an embedded video on Facebook itself, not YouTube, will now autoplay to users. Now, I think this is going to encourage more people to upload videos directly to Facebook and could give us a strong indication that that uh, video advertising on Facebook is probably coming very soon. So keep your eyes peeled for that. More from Facebook, I'm sure. So it's that short interlude in the show where I thank you, the listener, if you've left Traffic Jam a review on iTunes. And I've got one to read out this week, and it is from Oi Jamie in Australia. And he says, great content. Thanks, James, for all the tips. Love the podcast. And uh, as a reminder, really leaving a review either on iTunes or on Stitcher Radio is the best way that you can support the show. For iTunes, just head on into your iTunes player, search for the Traffic Jam podcast, hit reviews and comments, and then leave your review along with a star rating. For Stitcher Radio, well, I'm not quite sure of the process, but if you search inside Stitcher, locate the Traffic Jam podcast, there is a way to rate and review the podcast also. And Stitcher Radio is really one of those new platforms that's up and coming and a great way to consume podcasts. So if you're not giving that a go, you might want to go and check out Stitcher Radio, really great application that's uh, available on your phone and also in browser and also in some car stereos as well. So it's really a uh, an insight into how podcasting is developing. So please leave a review if you haven't done so for the show. Really would love to get your feedback and perhaps a chance for you to get read out on next week's episode. 
creating irresistible, shareworthy content that will get shared to a wide, wide audience just because it's so damn good. And one of the most damn good pieces of content that you can create is an infographic because everyone loves images and everyone loves factual information. So if you can combine the two in a really stunning graphic that's relevant and on topic to the products, services or information that you share, that really is a great piece of content. Now, often it's a little bit difficult to get ideas and numbers and statistics for your infographic. So I'm going to recommend a resource called WolfRam Alpha, which is wolframalpha.com. And that's a computational knowledge engine that will return you information and stats on really any topic you could ever imagine. So a couple of resources to check out for this week's tip. The first is wolframalpha.com, as I just mentioned. And the second is an example of an infographic and one that we've just produced for our SEO business, SEO Sherpa. And it's all about organic SEO. So if that kind of interests you, I'll make sure that's linked to within the show notes so you can go check that out as well. So that brings episode number 27 of Traffic Jam to a close. Keep your ears open for another episode coming to you real soon. For more traffic tips and training in the coming weeks, head on over to veravo.com. Of course, to play out this week's episode, we've got a track chosen by our guest today, Greg Hickman, and it's a classic piece of two-pack. It's called Changes. See you soon.
down, tell me what's a mother to do. Being real, don't appeal to the brother in you. You gotta operate the easy way. I made a G today. But you made it in a sleazy way. Sell a crack to the kid. I gotta get paid. Well, hey, well, that's the way it is. Come on. Come on. That's just the way it is. Things will never be the same. That's just the way it is. Oh, yeah. For future episodes, check out the website, trafficjamcast.com.